1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: I want to alert the population every time we've saved them (laughs) with our shoes. (laughs) (laughs) I want them to be alerted by a loud
2: gong sound. Why the loud gong sound? Well, we're saving the universe from the scourge of asteroids. Welcome back to Dead Planet Society. This is a podcast where we imagine what it might be like if we were given
0: cosmic powers to rearrange the universe. I'm Chelsea White, Senior News Editor at New Scientist. And I'm Leah Crane, Physics and Space Reporter at New Scientist.
2: And today we're protecting the Earth.
0: It's a bit of a different vibe from our usual chaos (laughs) and destruction. A little bit of a zigzag there. But don't worry, I can't imagine we'll get away without ruining anything.
2: No, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We've spent a lot of time over the years talking about near-Earth asteroids like Bennu, which was visited by the OSIRIS-REx spacecraft a couple years back. And also their potential for destruction, you know? Uh, I I would say, listeners, don't worry too much. There's very little (laughs) danger to actual Earth
0: would say there's no danger to earth (laughs) as far as we know
2: great (laughs) but scientists are tracking these asteroids and you've written a lot of stories about planetary defense yeah there are a lot of fairly reasonable ways to deal with any asteroid that
0: happens to be heading towards earth and scientists have studied that a lot we've written a lot about it and we'll put some links to some of those stories in the show notes
2: but today we don't really care about reasonable do we
0: (laughs) never have never will but it is a good place to start
2: So then what are some of the best ways we have now to protect against, you know, terrible asteroid destruction? Evacuate? Yeah, okay. I mean, evacuation (laughs) would work if it was a small asteroid, but not something huge, not like something that killed off the dinosaurs. In that situation, leaving major cities isn't really going to do us much good, is it? No, in that case, we just die. (laughs) Okay, well, (laughs) terrible. But what about (laughs) the sort of Armageddon approach? What if we get you know, Bruce Willis and his merry band of drillers, and they go up and put a nuke in an asteroid. Is that at all realistically possible?
0: So something sort of similar has been proposed, where we put a nuke next to an asteroid and use that detonation to push it off course. Unfortunately,
2: it probably doesn't require any Bruce Willises. Oh, but a bummer. But much easier, <laughs> I assume. <laughs> It sounds a little bit like the DART mission that NASA did recently, right? The one where they went to the asteroid Dimorphos and just punched it in the face? Mm -hmm. Is this like a bigger punch?
0: Yeah, it's pretty similar. That method's called the kinetic impactor, where you just slam something into the asteroid. And the key there is to move it without breaking it, because you don't want a hail of tiny asteroid bits.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. And DART did work, right? Yep. But in a real scenario, would we have enough time to use that method? Of all the methods they have, it's probably the most realistic one. But you're
0: right. We would need a fair amount of lead time to get the spacecraft built and launched and all that. But for really all the methods, lead time is really, really crucial. And there's one more we haven't actually talked about yet, which is my personal favorite, uh, which is the gravity tractor. Where you just park something really huge next to it and let that gravity pull it into a different trajectory.
2: Cool. I love that. But okay, so what if we're actually in like Hollywood territory? Mm -hmm. Like we have no time. This huge planet destroying asteroid is on its way. Could we make, I don't know, like a huge net? (laughs) Like just catch it before it hits our atmosphere? I don't
0: think so. But what I do think is it's time to ask a professional. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we talked to Andy Rivkin at Johns Hopkins University about that net idea.
1: So there's a few, a few things, (laughs) um, you know, we, we get hit from all directions. Sure. So you can't just put it in front. You'd have to put it on all sides.
2: But like, if we knew it was coming and we had a very large amount of a a net (laughs) and we had some idea of its trajectory toward earth, could we stop it with a net?
1: Well, um, how fine of a mesh do you want to make the net? as we saw in Demorphos and some other asteroids? Assuming you could make a a net strong enough, which perhaps we can, for our purposes.
2: Yeah, magic net.
1: Right. So if you made the mesh, you know, even yay big, you know, there might be material that makes it through. It looks, you know, from Dimorphos and Didymos and Itakawa and Bennu, and they all don't look like single rocks, right? They all look like collections of smaller pieces and gravel. Mm -hmm. So you might end up depending on how springy you want to make the net, I guess. You know, whether whether it would kind of hold and then and then spring you back, whether uh, some of it would make it through the mesh, whether the, the process of it hitting would make it splash and...
2: And then just hit everywhere. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so it seems like a net might be kind of a bad idea. <laughs> We're still going to potentially have a rain of rocks.
2: Yeah, because it sounds like we've got, like, yeah, this rubble pile coming through a net. It's like you're trying to sieve water. It's not going to really work all that well.
1: Some of the pieces are going to be moving fast enough that they're going to escape. And again, depending on how how you've set it up, it may just come apart. And maybe that's okay for your purposes. Maybe part <laughs> of the plan of the net would be to, to kind of slow it down. But then mm-hmm. um, it seems like you would need to have enough springiness in the net that uh, basically you'd be putting an enormous amount of energy into the net to kind of have it, I guess, be trading brittleness for springiness. Well, at that point, it's just a trampoline, right?
2: Cosmic slingshot. Let's get Mars. (laughs) We have a special offer for our listeners. You can get four weeks of New Scientist free, followed by a monthly subscription price of $9.99. That's in dollars or pounds. You'll get unlimited access to our website and app, plus subscriber benefits, including newsletters, essential guides, and invitations to subscriber-only events. Go to newscientist.com slash DPS offer to start your four free weeks.
0: You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, And now that we're back, let's change tack a little bit. What if we use something rigid? You know, historically, the best way to protect something is to use a shield. So what if we did Captain America's shield, but real big?
2: Yeah, huge. (laughs) But this shield, it wouldn't be stationary, right? Like it would be orbiting Earth a lot. Like we'd make a second sad moon.
0: A second amazing moon. Uh, Andy (laughs) had some thoughts about this idea, too.
1: In some ways, you have some of the same thing, right? It's going to it's gonna hit, but now it's supposed to hit and stop all at once, and so now it would splash against this vibranium shield.
2: Yeah, depending on how big it is, it could splash. I mean, I'm picturing something quite large in comparison to Earth, <laughs> but then we're really blocking out a lot of the light. <laughs> You're and- picturing, like, the size of
1: Australia.
2: Uh, m- yeah, maybe even bigger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think what you'd get is something similar to the disruption ideas that people have in planetary defense typically we think about wanting to move move things all in one piece right we would rather not disrupt them if we don't have to because you know if you disrupt them now you've got a zillion pieces to keep track of and as i said once as others involved have, have said you know you don't want to miss a thing Boo. yeah well you could do the, the you for that <laughs> and um but if you have to disrupt it, then, you, you know, there are cases where you just have to have to suck it up. So then the question is where you disrupt it and can you disrupt it enough so that most of the pieces are going to miss the earth? Or if you have something that's one kilometer in size, which is big enough to, we think, you know, destroy civilization, then you don't want to break it into a bunch of pieces, any one of which might still wreck a continent. Right. But
0: on the other hand, if those pieces are heading away from Earth, maybe we don't care that much.
1: Right. Or if you did enough in advance that you could say we can keep track of them.
2: Yes. Yeah, somehow we didn't know about the asteroid until a couple of days out, but we did have this mega shield already built. <laughs> this is the scenario. <laughs> we were already building it <laughs> for other reasons.
1: Right. So So it turns out that, you know, unnamed billionaire has, among their other projects, had the... The giant shield that nobody knew about let's be honest probably the cia (laughs) in that case basically the question is going to be the the sideways speed you know how far ahead of time do you do this compared to the sideways speed and is that going to let you let stuff miss the earth it's like pong a little bit yeah yeah and now i'm wondering whether whether it would be more like you know captain america's shield or more like the the tip of the Washington Monument, or something, you know, some some pyramid, you know, something designed to maximize your.
2: Oh,
1: I like that.
2: Yeah, that's a really good idea about the shape of it. But I do want it to be flat for one reason, and that is that I want to know if it'll make a sound. Like I want, I want a large gong really out there because I don't know that sounds interesting to me. Well,
0: I want to alert the population every time we've saved them <laughs> with our shoes. <laughs> I want them to be alerted by a loud gong
2: sound. Okay, but well, wait—that's a good question. Would the sound enter the atmosphere if it were like how loud would it be?
1: Yeah. Well, we don't hear we don't hear things hitting the moon, and so I, I I imagine that if you wanted the sound, it would be a very very late stage thing, or you'd have to hook it up with hook it up with sensors that could you know we could put a contact mic on it. Yeah. Yeah. So just like uh, people do the whole like, oh, here's the sound of this pulsar or whatever. You know, you could say, here's here's the what's hitting and, and the frequency spectrum and then, you know, have that tweeted out or played over your, you know, everyone's phone.
2: <laughs> God, save us again.
1: <laughs> right. But, um, but it's also funny because you would also have for every, hey, we've saved you from you know, we've saved the Los Angeles area, we've saved the Johannesburg area or whatever from, from destruction, you would have an extremely large number of, oh, that was a shooting star that, you know, here's, here's a sand, sand grain, you know, here's another sand grain, here's another sand grain, here's another sand grain, here's another sand grain. And then, you know, a few, (laughs) a few times a year, it would be, okay, we saved you from something the size of your laptop or the size of your chair. I think we omit that information. We just say we saved you.
2: We saved you. You, you don't need to know what it was from. <laughs> you're welcome. Just
1: you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You're welcome.
2: I do think that's all very annoying and worth it because when the big one comes, I do want us all to time it out to play a piece of music that ends with a gong like at the right time so if we're going out if like if this doesn't work it's not gonna work well at this least like a cannon with our planetary defense gong oh,
1: yeah nice <laughs> and white satin was was the obvious one i was thinking of that's the one that ends with a gong that i could think Blamey of, of.
2: Rhapsody. Anywhere oh, the he
1: was, was my problem yes of course <laughs> yes of course
2: <laughs> I think people do have an outsized worry about being hit by asteroids. Not to say that it's not worth doing planetary defense and figuring out what we can do about them. But I think sometimes people get a little over worried because the odds just are not that it's going to happen all that often. But yeah, this would really like work them right out of that. Wouldn't it be like, mind. (laughs)
1: Like you've got two options, gong or meteor. (laughs) Yeah, no, this is where I come in. And I of course say that the planetary defense program you know the International Planetary Defense Program. It was, of course, all about providing additional options uh, besides <laughs> Gong or Death. But
2: <laughs> I've never been happier. I've never been happier that we have a planetary defense system and, and people looking into this because Gong or Death is like pretty bad option. I want a T-shirt with Gong or Death on it. <laughs>
0: we promise we have no plans to actually build a death gong.
2: Thanks to Andy Rifkin for joining us today, and thanks to you for listening to Dead Planet Society. And if you enjoy our podcast, you might also enjoy Leia's monthly space newsletter at New Scientist called Launchpad. Check it out at newscientist.com/launchpad. And finally, if you have any cosmic object
0: you want us to figure out how to absolutely wreck, let us know and it could be featured in a later episode of our podcast. Our email is deadplanets at newscientist.com. And if you just want to chat with us about this episode or wrecking the cosmos more generally, we'd love to do that. And you can find us on Twitter at, at ChelseWhite and at Down Here on Earth. Thanks again for joining us. Bye
1: they're going to be wishing for the sweet meteor (laughs) (laughs) meteor of death
0: (laughs) because of of this gong sound
1: we're like this is not worth it this podcast is produced by og podcasts find out more at ogpodcasts.co.uk hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget